Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome back to We're Talking. Greg Melanson, Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Let's keep one and throw radio in there, and I know you guys are more than, than radio. Uh, Colin, before we get started, let's let's talk about you guys. Uh, uh, Georgia Southern, I know you guys do a podcast. When, when do you guys record that, and when is that released? Our podcast goes live at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock on Monday night. Um, Danny and I will be in our new bunker studio that we got trying to decorate the place up, make it look somewhat nice. But we, uh, Inside Eagle Nation airs every Monday night at 6 o'clock. It goes live on Facebook Live, and then it gets archived on iTunes, Google Play, all the different podcast platforms. And then our coaches show changed it up a little bit this year, and those are now Thursday nights, and it's kind of rebranded to Hail Southern Live. Give you a look at all of the Georgia Southern Athletics Department, but being able to uh, – Still talk to Coach Luntz for the last thirty segments to uh, to dive into what is usually your typical coaches show. Those are seven o'clock Eastern on Thursday night. Good deal. Facebook Live tonight at six Eastern. Correct. Correct. All right. For those Cajun fans that are listening and want to hear more about it, uh, Colin and Danny do a great job. We'll have Danny Reed on tomorrow's show uh, to talk more about the Cajun Georgia Southern game. But for now, we're, again, Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Uh, Colin, Thursday night, Marshall at App State. Sunbelt has some great opportunities this week to, to make some distance between the other conferences. Um, thoughts there? They're in boom. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be a big test to see if Appalachian State is actually getting back to what the Appalachian State of old that everybody has seen the first couple of years they were in the Sunbelt is going to be probably the toughest test they've had outside of Miami and being able to hang with them. But this is going to be kind of the best like opponent test that they're going to see uh, the first part of the season. Yeah. Another conference USA team and, and Marshall. So to me, uh, as much as sometimes we lo- love to hate the other schools, but I think the Sun Belt needs to win these games. So um, uh, UMass at Coastal Carolina, talk about an easy set schedule here, Coastal. Can we get any bigger cupcakes <laughs> on the schedule? Thoughts on that one, Colin? Yeah, I mean, it's an 0-3 UMass team. Coastal is favored by, I think, 36 points out of the gate. So, if you're Coastal, it's like we talked about with a couple of games this past week. If there's any kind of struggle there, it might be a red flag for the Sean. Yeah, they've, they've got to they, – they, they really need a win, and they really need a big win in a big way. So – uh, in my opinion, I know, I know Buffalo, I said, we'll see at the end to see if Buffalo really is, uh, as good as they seem to be and to see if, uh, quite frankly, if, uh, if coastal is fool's gold. So, uh, another, here's one that, uh, you know, as, as people love to used to say about the Cajuns when we were Southwestern Louisiana. Uh, but now we've got directional Michigan hosting Texas State. Max versus the Sun Belt again. Boy, I hope the real Texas State shows up. Yeah, I do too. But this is a 
pretty good West Eastern Michigan team, uh, two and one on the year. They only lost to Wisconsin, who was 18 at the time in the country. So it'll be a uh, it'll be a tough test for Texas State, but really good to see if they're able to bounce back from that tough loss this past week. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I think, and you you almost said Western Michigan there, and I've got uh, I've been kind of following them. I've got a uh, uh, a friend that's a uh, Western Michigan fan and uh well attended there and i know they uh they they've been playing well so uh here's one i know that we can probably agree on here georgia state at auburn i don't think that's going to be a pretty game no i auburn 23 in the country held tough with penn state this past weekend at jordan hare Auburn, I think a 20 plus 27 point favorite. I, again, if there's any struggles for Georgia State, it should be a red flag for Auburn. But I I think this one's going to blow out Jones pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I'm not I, just saying that because it's Georgia State. No, I understand. It, 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 I, I don't <laughs> think I, – I agree with you and I agree with you. It, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I mean, unless something – and if, if Georgia State – is it a warning for Arkansas, uh, or the Auburn, or, or not? I, I don't think I don't think uh, they can handle Auburn. Um, another uh, again, Arkansas State at Tulsa. This is a game, though. As much as I, I tend to dislike the Red Wolves at times, this is this is a must win for the uh, for the Sun Belt. I won't say a must win because Arkansas can. We don't know what Arkansas is going to show up and. Quite frankly, they have a very poor defense. So, um, your yeah, thoughts? Tulsa's a, Tulsa's a team that's been kind of towards the top of the American the last couple of years, and they've had a gauntlet of a schedule. 0 and 3 on the year, but they fell to number nine, Oklahoma State, then fell to Oklahoma, or Oklahoma, Ohio State, then Oklahoma State. I'll get those schools spread eventually. But uh, this will be a test to see what the real Tulsa is against Arkansas State. And hopefully, it's it's a matchup that the Red Wolves are able to at least stay in. Uh, it's out in Tulsa. Tulsa's a heavy favorite in this one, but we uh, we'll see what it plays out for the Sun Belt. Well, I think Arkansas Arkansas State's going to have to outscore them. I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm hope. Uh, well, if it's a shootout, uh, Arkansas State's got to score. They can't do. They can't fall flat like they did at Washington. And I know Washington is a different team than Tulsa, but still, uh, you, you can't. That was a, a Washington team that lost to an FCS school. So I'm sorry, you got to do better than that. Um, you know, this one, by all means, we'll see if Troy is really Troy. They're playing ULM. I'm expecting uh, something very similar to what they did uh, at Southern Miss. Troy at, at ULM. Yeah, I mean, this is one that hopefully Troy is able to handle. Again, ULM, their offense has not been great the last couple of years and showed, again, just four field goals this past week against Jackson State. But hopefully this is one that Troy is able to handle. And I say hopefully. I think it would be better for the conference if Troy is able to handle it. But if Georgia Southern fighting for the Eastern Division, you kind of hope Troy's down a little bit. But it, uh, yeah. it'll be one the, It'll be one from Monroe that uh will kind of give you a barometer on what the Sun Belt map kind of looks like this year. Man, I tell you, Troy, uh, 
I mean, ULM may have won their only game this year. If they, if they, uh, I, I don't want to talk too much trash because if, if for some reason they're able to come to Cajun Field and and beat us, I will be, I, I will forever bury my head in the sand. I want to be on that podcast. <laughs> I may just have to shut it all down. <laughs> so at that point, but. No, Troy, Troy should win that one handily. And if they don't, man, look out. Uh, so uh, the final game, uh, my Raging Cajuns against your Eagles. What's your thoughts there? It's one Georgia Southern. No secret that Georgia Southern has struggled the first part of the season, one and two on the year. And, yeah, you had to face the number 20 Arkansas team a week ago, but that was after you pretty much got embarrassed by an FAU team two weeks ago down in Boca Raton. It's a game that on paper Louisiana should handle. Um, hopefully Georgia Southern is able to shed a little bit more life than what they've seen the last couple of weeks. And you're starting to get the right piece in place, at least on offense. You got Justin Tomlin back at quarterback this past week against Arkansas after he missed the first two games because of an academic suspension. Cam Ransom was banged up against FAU a couple of weeks ago on that ankle. Tried to come in against Arkansas a couple of times where he needed to after Tomlin got hurt and tried, but you can still see he's favoring that ankle. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what that dynamic looks like. I would assume that it would be Justin Tomlin's game until it's not. And then you've got guys at different from positions the last couple of weeks, Sam Kennerson, the what used to be third string quarterback for Georgia Southern. You saw his speed against Georgia State last year and got to see it a little bit against FAU a few weeks ago, but he has moved to wide receiver and starting to see him get more into that mix. And then on defense, injuries have really been the name of the game for Georgia Southern the last couple of weeks. Derek Canteen, the All-American cornerback for Georgia Southern, he's out for the season. Todd Bradley Glenn, really good linebacker for Georgia Southern and really the vocal leader on this team. He's done for the season with a torn bicep. His replacement and Marquez Watson-Trent, he's done for the season with an ACL. And so the back seven, back eight for Georgia Southern have really been decimated with injuries. And you've seen Najee Thompson, who has kind of been the special teams guru for Georgia Southern the last couple of years. He's transitioned from wide receiver. Saw him in his first games at corner for Georgia Southern this past weekend. And he's really taken to it well. You go back to a couple of weeks ago at practice whenever he's only been playing cornerback for about a week and a half at practice. And he comes in with a couple of big pass breakups on a one minute drill. And uh, that defense absolutely rallied around him and really good to see everybody kind of accept him on that defensive side. And he's come in and I think you're going to see him a good bit against Louisiana this weekend as Levi Lewis likes to uh, spread around the yard, especially against the Eagles. Yeah, it, it, uh, I think defensive back is one of the hardest positions, not only to learn, but to, con- to play consistent- consistently. It's a lot of times you're left on- out there on an island. Let's go back to the offense real quick, though, on, on the uh, Justin Tomlin. Uh, I-, I know his first game back, come on, Arkansas. So it, I don't, I don't want to judge anything by that. So um, uh, any controversy there at all, I mean, not that, you know, that with, with with at quarterback or do you think it's it's his to lose still 
No, I mean, I think it's still his to lose. Um, it'll be interesting to see one thing that Arkansas was doing, and Sam Pittman talked about it all week, you've got to make Georgia Southern pitch the ball. The first two games in the option phase, Georgia Southern only pitched the ball four times in two games. They didn't do it at all against FAU. And so Sam Pittman said all week, you've got to make Georgia Southern pitch the ball. They were able to do that a little bit more, but it was because Arkansas was stepping up, taking away the QB dive and being able to put bodies on him time after time after time. And he took some licks from some pretty big boys at Arkansas this past weekend. And so it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back this weekend to practice. But Justin Tomlin is somebody that has been at Georgia Southern. He's been behind shy work the last couple of years. But he's come in in big game situations. You go back to Minnesota a couple of years ago where he was forced into the starting role at quarterback. And Georgia Sullivan was almost able to knock off Minnesota. And a lot of Eagle fans, most Eagle fans, say that they probably should a couple of years ago up in Minnesota. But So he's got the experience in those big games, big atmospheres. It's just a matter of where the pieces around him. And a big part for Georgia Southern this past week obviously you're going to get going up against Arkansas, but something that you hadn't necessarily seen from Georgia Southern was a lot of drop balls. I think four or five drop balls. And it wasn't that you could go between a drop and a pass breakup. It was one that just hit Georgia Southern in the numbers and then fell to the ground. And so the couple things you got to clean up if you're Georgia Southern, but no one, uh, no one the staff, it'll be a high priority this week. I did not realize Tomlin had been there that long. Uh, so experience at the quarterback position there. I think it'll bode well. I, I wish he would have, uh, and I bet you he wishes he would have got his, his act together on the academic side to play the first two games. So, I, I uh, again, I'm not going to judge anything by the Arkansas game. Uh, so good. Um, what? All right. Obviously, we, we, we talked about the, uh, the the Eagles on defense. You mentioned the, the the number of defensive backs that are out. So would you say that the, the strength is the uh, defensive line or would you say the linebacking core? Where, where are we going there on the defense? Where, what if, if you're if you're the offensive coordinator for the Cajuns, not looking at at the uh, defensive backs, where do you see the strength of, of the Eagles defense? I think strength has been the defensive line so far. You've got guys like C.J. Wright, who has been here a lot, 11 games starting, 36 games played, Dylan Springer up front, Justin Ellis as well. And so you've got the most experience and really the most depth at defensive line for Georgia Southern. And being able to do what Coach Vic Cabral, the defensive line coach, likes to do, and Scott Sloan, the defensive coordinator, cycling in those defensive linemen. And it's not that you're moving the first string into the second string, string it's really you've got six guys that could be all on the first string for Georgia Southern you've got technically the second on the depth chart with Brandon Wilson Parker Devine AJ Watkins those are all guys that have started and played in over 10 games for Georgia Southern in their careers and so being able to have that experience and being able to cycle in those five six even seven different guys uh, on that defensive line has really been the strength for Georgia Southern and trying to make the quarterback uncomfortable and like we talked about it's something that if Georgia Southern's going to have success, they've got to do against Levi Lewis. Yeah, it's an either-or situation on 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 for them. So it's it sounds like guys that um, not necessarily starter doesn't mean that much. I guess it, it's nice on, on the depth chart, but at the same time, everybody gets played, and that's where I think the Cajuns. If I'm coaching Napier, and of course I'm not coaching Napier, he's a lot smarter than I am. Uh, 
a uh, lot of up-tempo stuff. Keep the ball moving, keep the Cajuns moving, so you, uh, defense uh, you don't allow Georgia Southern to rotate those guys in. So, um, I, I, of course, I'm going to be a homer here. I'm not going to say the Cajuns. Uh, I, I think the Cajuns win the game. I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those, te- it's one of those games that I don't know about because, like I said, your quarterback's coming back. He played played at Arkansas. That's not a very good judge of what he what he he, he can accomplish. So, um, I think I think Georgia Southern has some opportunities there if they can if they can move the ball on the Cajuns. So, uh, we'll see what ends up happening. I'm disappointed i'm not making the trip this year um but it is what it is and um always a fun trip there Uh, i don't care if it's basketball baseball or football always enjoy my time in statesboro uh some of the nicest fans there i'm gonna miss seeing you guys so any last words on any of the games whether it be georgia southern cajuns or anything else around the Sun Belt? No, disappointed that you're not going to be making the trip. Always a uh, always a good time whenever me, you, Danny, and Jay are able to get together and hang out, whether it's whatever we end up doing or seeing or whatever or wherever we're at. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see those guys, and always yep. love it when Georgia Southern Louisiana and Chase Sport. It always seems like it's a it's a really good game, a really good atmosphere from both sides. Well, good deal, Colin. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, uh, you've been listening to Craig Malonso on Colin Lacey of the Jordan, Georgia Sports Network. Colin will join me every Monday morning to break down the past week's games in the Sun Belt and look forward to the next week game. One more time, Colin, tell them where we can listen to you tonight. So Facebook Live, Georgia Southern Sports Network on Facebook. We will go live with Inside Eagle Nation at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. Uh, and then it'll be archived shortly thereafter for uh, on all your iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever podcast platforms. I'm not that hip on what everybody does on podcasts. I just know I get mine on iTunes. Yep, understand. Hey, again, thank you so much, Colin. Look forward to the next, uh, the rest of this athletic year, hopefully, and, and speaking with you. Uh, hopefully things work out that we get to continue this. Uh, always good to talk, brother. Stay safe. Uh, you guys, watch Jay. He tends to drink too much. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, you've got the wrong person, Craig. I don't know. But appreciate you having me. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll exchange a couple of messages Saturday whenever Georgia Southern and the Cajuns get together. Yes, sir. Been listening. We're talking. Craig Malonso and Colin Lacey, Georgia Southern Sports Network. Thank you for listening. Welcome into another episode of We're Talking with Craig Malonson. And today, Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Colin, how are you this morning? I'm good, Craig. How are you doing? You know, it's a beautiful day in our neighborhood. It looks like it might finally stop raining. And, you know, by the end of the week, it's going to be 53. And as much as I complained about the heat the last couple of weeks... I will complain even more about the cold. I do not like the cold. So, well, some people. Well, Jay Walker won't be able to complain about the cold when he comes to Statesboro because it hasn't even seemed cold around here. Well, you guys might have it in a, in in a week or so. So, well, uh, Colin, you know we talked. We're going to do a little Sun Belt recap each week. Hopefully, uh, you'll agree to stick on after uh, 
football season's over, I wouldn't mind rolling into some basketball. And, and then, of course, I believe my favorite sport and possibly your favorite sport, baseball as well. So, um, so let's talk. Uh, let's go back to last Thursday. The Cajuns uh, hosting Ohio Bobcats. Were you, were you able to see any of that game or, or look over it there? I mean, it was a, a 49-14 game. Cajuns pulled away in the second half. Um, one of those things, I guess. Ohio's not a very good football team right now. No, and was able to catch a good bit of it on Thursday before we left out for Arkansas for on Friday, but really impressed with what Montreal Johnson was able to do. I know in the second half, one of the touchdowns, he just absolutely ran over one of the Ohio Bobcats. And so it was pretty impressive. And I think at least from the outside looking in, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like a win that Louisiana needed to get back to, okay, this is what Louisiana is all about. This is what Louisiana football is going to be this year. Yeah, you're correct on that. I think the uh, – um, uh, not most. I think all Cajun fans were uh, were disappointed in the uh, two performances prior. I think uh, Texas – the Texas game, uh, I felt for the first time in – maybe not the first time, but the in a long time that we didn't look out – totally outmatched. Texas definitely had better athletes. The game against Nichols was one of those that I really think that uh, – that Nichols is going to be a better ball club than they were last last spring when they when they got trounced seventy seven to seven or something like that from Sam Houston. So uh, so we'll see what happens as the year goes on. See how how I won't say how bad the Texas was loss was because they got trounced by a team that played uh, you guys last week. Uh, you know, so in, in Arkansas. So. Uh, I think Arkansas is better than what people expected too, but I, I know I told you we were going to talk about those two team games last, but since we kind of rolled into that, tell me about Arkansas. I mean, a little bit, you were there. Were, were they as big and strong as fast as they looked on the t- television? It, they were every bit of it. And then some, their offensive line is absolutely humongous. I think they averaged over 300 pounds on the offensive line. They had a couple of six, five, six, six, one guy at six, nine, and so when you're a three-down team like Georgia Southern is, you've got to get creative on pressures, and Georgia Southern just wasn't able to do it. Didn't get to K.J. Jefferson, who's a physical specimen, is in of itself at quarterback for Arkansas. And as much as we kind of dove into Arkansas last week, I'm a huge Sam Pittman fan. I know he was offensive line coach for a lot of years throughout the college football world, but he has really taken over that program. They have embraced him, and that is a – it's – Fayetteville is extremely excited about what Arkansas football is this year, and no doubt they should be. Yeah, uh, I like to make fun of them because one of my good friends and attorney brothers uh, who, who went to school here somehow is an Arkansas fan, and he goes to more Arkansas games than he does Cajun games. So I like to make fun of them and harass them, but they, they are much better. I mean, I think Bobby Petrino and uh, uh, Beam Beam. Belima, Bimala, whatever the heck his name was, that's at Illinois now. I, I, I don't think we're very good coaches. So, uh, but that's besides the point. Let's talk about your quarterback real quick. Well, actually, let's wait for that. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in the second half of the show uh, when we when we talk uh, when we when we take a look in around the Sun Belt. Um, Arkansas State at Washington. This was a game that I thought that Arkansas State, just because they had scored a lot of points in the previous weeks, I thought was really something that they could have they they could have done more 
but unfortunately didn't against Washington. A little surprised or not? Yeah, I kind of was, um, especially that they were only held to three points. I know we talked about it in our pick'em segment on our tailgate show that this was one that we thought Arkansas State had a chance in. I know on paper, when you, you go up against the Washington team, you're not supposed to be in the game, whatever, but I thought this was one that Arkansas – especially seeing what they did a week ago when they hung 50 points and ended up losing. But 52-3, to Washington gets the win, and it was one that was never in doubt, and Washington just kind of had their way with Arkansas State. And it's kind of surprising because this is a Washington team that the first couple of weeks started 0-2 and and wasn't showing the whole lot of signs of life. And so it uh, it'll be interesting to see how Arkansas State bounces back as they come to Statesboro in two weeks. I, I agree with you there. I mean, the whole thing, Washington uh, dropping to a FCS school in week two of the season, I want to say, uh, was kind of shocking. And then to your point, uh, before you knew it, the game was over. It was 28 nothing Washington. By the time I could actually find where I could watch the game, it was 28 nothing. I'm like, okay, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see it. I mean, this is this is terrible. So, and I'm not an Arkansas State fan, but I was, you know, it was like you said, they, they put 50 on Memphis. They lost, but they put, you know, so uh, a team that I would say has, that has quickly become the most hated team in the Sun Belt, maybe not to Georgia Southern fans. There may be a team or two uh, there that you hate more, but Coastal Carolina uh, at Buffalo. Were you able to catch any of that game? I know you guys played some of the similar times, so but uh, wasn't sure if you had something up on the laptop or anything like that. Yeah, so we had them up on the – there was a TV in the booth at Arkansas, and so I think they got done right before we kicked off, so we got to see most of it. And Buffalo made more of a game than what I think Coastal Carolina thought it was going to be, and it was really the first time you saw Coastal Carolina have to deal with adversity this year especially. And But Grayson McCall, again, absolutely fantastic 232 yards of offense, three touchdowns. It, I don't know that the Sun Belt has seen somebody like him in a little bit. And it pains me to say because this time last year I was saying, ah, wait till he gets hit a couple times and we'll see how he does. Well, he got hit a couple of times and showed me how much I know. But Coastal, I think that's a good win for them. And Buffalo is a lot better than their one and two record shows. But it uh, it was definitely a game that Coastal thought they should handle a little, little bit better, but at the end of the day, they end up three and zero. Well, and I think that's what it comes down to. They they found a way to win. Uh, they were down early, uh, so, but you know, all, all in all, Coastal has uh, one of the easiest set schedules, and and that Buffalo game may may turn out to be that Buffalo is better than we we thought they were, and if not, if it's fool's goal, it'll show up in Coastal's uh, schedule along the way. So. Uh, uh, this to me was a little bit of a shocker too. Uh, um, I, I skipped one and I'm going to, uh, well, but Georgia's, uh, shoot Troy at Southern Miss 21, nine. I mean, Troy was in total domination of that game. Southern Miss is a program that the Cajuns have known for a long time. Lots of epic battles between Brian Mitchell and Brett Favre, uh, back in the eighties. Uh, I remember seeing three of the four games, uh, one at Southern Miss and two at Cajun Field. But um, 
I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Will Hall. Will Hall is the new uh, coach there at Southern Miss, was the offensive coordinator under Coach Hud here for a season before heading, uh, before uh, leaving, and uh, was at Tulane for a while. Now at Southern Miss as the head coach. I think he's a great young coach and will have wins there. But uh, Jay and I talked about it last night. Again, this is one of those games, a Sunbelt Sun Belt Conference USA matchup that, that the Sunbelt has to win. I don't care which team that you're a fan of in the Sun Belt, even your most hated rival, you want them to beat a Conference USA team. So I don't know. I mean, you probably didn't get to see much of that game, but uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, we were following the score and saw once we got done that it was 3 nothing at halftime. Southern Miss was leading. We're like, good night. What has happened to Troy? Yep. But then they answered back with 21 unanswered and being able to get the – or not 21 unanswered, but 21 in the second half. And with the 21-9 win, I think it just kind of goes to show, again, Troy trying to deal with a little bit of adversity there in the first half and really answered the bell in the second half. And really good to see, like you talked about, whenever you play Conference USA, and I know Georgia Southern kind of let the Sun Belt down last week with FAU. but I wasn't going to bring it up right now. That was later. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. But being able to knock off a Southern Miss team, that's not only a good win for Troy as they're trying to rebuild a little bit over the last couple of years, but get to two and one over a CUSA team. Well, I, I think I think people forget that Neil Brown left Troy a couple of years ago. And, and I'm not saying that it left them reeling, but it, it, it definitely I mean, a new head coach. And, and we kind of see that. Uh, um with, with uh, we saw that with Ohio, a new head coach doesn't necessarily, even if they've been in the program for a while, doesn't mean that success will continue. So, uh, yeah. uh, unlike Arkansas State, that there for a while was changing coaches every year, and all, and they were just winning and winning and winning. It didn't matter. It was uh, it, it all right. It, the joke was, well, where does this head coach go? You know, Auburn, uh, Auburn. Um, Ole Miss, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I won't say a little bit of surprise with this one. I, I think uh, I, I'm going to let you have your comments for App State Elion. I know, uh, and I'm probably saying that name wrong. You, you've played them before. How, is it e Elon? Or Elon, e yeah. Okay, I said Elion, like I'm like, uh, just like I screw up everybody else's name. Um, You're just trying to make it French. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So App State 44-10, I won't say a surprise, but your thoughts if you're uh, on that one there. Yeah, I mean, this is one. Elon football has not been at the top of their to-do list the last really seven, eight, nine years, even going back to the old SOCON days where Georgia Southern and App State were conference mates with Elon in the SOCON. They've since moved on Georgia Southern and App State, obviously, to the Sun Belt. But this is one that – if there was any kind of problem for App State with Elon, it was going to be a red flag for the Mountaineers, but handled them well, handled them from the word go and 44 to 10, like you said. Well, I just think uh, it was it was 7-3 after the first quarter, and I know the first quarter doesn't uh, doesn't make a game, but it just, to me, and even, even the 13 to 3 at the half was a little, I, again, App State was in control of the game, but uh, I think part of it was uh, uh, a little bit of uh, letdown or aftermath of the uh, the game against Miami the week before, which was a thriller by all means. Uh, but, uh, so, 
a very uh, uh again app state man they've got another quarterback that that they just lock and load and, and go so yeah i mean i'm i'll be surprised to see not surprised to see but i'm anxious to see live what chase price looks like at quarterback for app i mean almost 300 yards of offense against elon with a touchdown but the uh, the opening week, we got to see him because they played earlier on in the week, and he was pretty impressive on TV, and it'll be interesting to see what he looks like after starting his career at Clemson, and then he went to Duke and now found his way to App State, but it'll be interesting to see what he looks like live. Yeah, it, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It looks like it's working out so far, but uh, we'll, we'll have some good matchups there. Do you guys play them on a weeknight, do you know, or is that a, a weekday game? Yeah, that's actually the last weekend of the regular season. And so it'll be the first okay. time that it's on a Saturday since the two joined the league. And it, uh, I mean, we've got to go to Boone on November 27th, but so I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great weather that day, but it, uh, it's always fun. And having it at the end of the season, I really like. We got to do that last year because of COVID, things had to be shuffled around a little bit. Yep. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun fun on the last Saturday of the season. Uh, I, I like that. And I think that is a game. Uh, I, I don't know if you, we did a Sunbelt conference preview a couple weeks ago and uh, uh, actually I picked Georgia Southern. I thought uh, I, I knew the game in Boone would be tough because it's always tough playing in Boone. I don't care which team you are, uh, but I thought that I believe you guys have uh, coastal at home, if I am correct. Uh, yes. So uh, I think you guys got an opportunity there, and and hopefully you like you said, well, you can see him live and personal, take a hit, and uh, hopefully see him not get hurt but go down. So, ah, uh, the team that we all love to hate, I think that we're in agreement here was Georgia State hosting Charlotte. Um, yeah. You know, Georgia State, Charlotte, I believe, came into the game two and zero is. Uh, yeah. And Georgia State was 0-2, and and which showed no sign of life their first two games. And then yeah. all of a sudden, then all of a sudden wins this one. Uh, show attendance of almost 13,000, which that means there was uh, 1,300 there. But uh, that might be even dinner. Yeah. So thoughts there. 7-7 uh, seven, seven at halftime. And, and they give up a safety. Uh, of course they do. I don't uh, know I, if they blew the train horn on that one. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on from this because I really don't know much about this game. I don't think I even watched any of it, and I tried to flip around this weekend. So, uh, unless you've got anything no, to I mean, say. This was, this was one that Georgia State had to win, and it's odd to say had to win at game three of the season. But after you got beat like a drum against Army and then UNC did the same thing in week two, and then if you don't get this one, you're 0-3 going into Auburn, and then you go to – at State comes to turn field. And so you're talking about if you don't win this one, you may be starting 0-5. And so this is one you kind of you kind of had to get under your belt. Let me ask you this. Since we, what, what happened with their quarterback? I, I'm not I, – I noticed he didn't play. Their starter that started last year and – uh, I, I, cause I don't recognize this name, Darren Granger. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure. I know that 
Quad Brown didn't play. I hadn't seen what okay. it was. Well, okay. I guess we'll know soon enough if there's a reason. Uh, this guy was not exactly – I mean, he had two touchdowns, but only six for 12. So 30% of his uh, his passes go for touchdowns. Sounds like he needs to throw the ball more. <laughs> but you could also say 20% of his passes are intercepted. So maybe, maybe he shouldn't. So nothing stands out there on the, uh, I mean, well, they, they had four, four or three running backs and their quarterback all had over 60 yards rushing. So they were able to move the ball 300 yards in the ground. But again, that that's a game I didn't get to see much or I didn't get to see any of. So can't really comment on one. I did watch. Oh, this is a, this is a must win for, for Sunbelt teams. Texas State holding uh, hosting Incarnate Word. Texas State, come on, man. You showed well against Baylor. You know, you won last week. And now this? Um, Incarnate Word, an FCS team. I know they're one of the, they're probably one of the better ones, but still, some belt teams have got to do better. Your thoughts there on anything? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see this one, but kind of followed the score as our game went on. But 42-34 for Incarnate Word, and you saw the glimpses of what it could be under Coach Spavadol. And I think this is a team that is still going to be knocking on the door for not necessarily for the Western Division because everybody knows that it's kind of the Cajuns at this point. But this is going to be a team that is much improved. But kind of a little bit of a step back, especially on the defensive side, giving up 42 to Incarnate Word. But it, like you said, this is one that if you're the Sun Belt overall, this one you need to win. Um, but I think you're still going through a little bit of growing pains with a lot of transfers for Texas State under Spavadol. Yeah, I just wonder how much patience they're going to have with him. I believe this is year three for him, possibly even year four. So uh, uh, Texas State is so right. Uh, that that recruiting area and everything that they can go by uh, I think the I think what I gleaned from all of this uh, and I saw a good bit of the game is uh, incarnate words uh, ward passing was 31 for 47 376 yards four TDs uh, tells me they've got they've got some issues in the defensive backfield and even there I mean rushing um, their their top rusher 10 carries for 74 yards. So I guess if you're able to pass the ball, uh, then you, then that running back's going to slip out of the backfield on, on a carry every now and then too. So, um, ugh. but yeah, not pretty for a Texas state. So come on guys, you got to do better than that. Let's go to our, uh, our next game or actually our, our last two games are, um, both against FCS opponents. Let's, let's do South Alabama uh, hosting Alcorn State here first. Uh, quite a bit of delay uh, because of uh, the lights being out, which I'm not going to say was the reason they fell behind, but who knows? Uh, again, not a game I get to see a lot because of the way that the uh, – I did not know they were delayed, and I could not find it on, t uh, on the uh, ESPN channel, so – um, South Alabama jumps out. So they were delayed what an hour, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Get the lights on. Yeah, uh, one half the half of the stadium lights is my understanding, or a bank of lights. So, 
and this is uh, year two of the stadium. So, um, do y'all go there this year, or they come to you, or did you go last year? No, we'll go to them this year. Okay. So it'll be the first time we get to see the new stadium. Okay, good deal. Uh, Alcorn State jumped out to a 14-7 lead at halftime before South Alabama started to roll in the second half with 21 straight points. So, but again, this is a game that. Uh, 28-21, South Alabama looked strong against Southern Miss. Uh, I'm not sure who. I'm trying to think of who they played. But South Alabama's 3-0. They're off this weekend. So it guarantees that the, when they when the Cajuns play them next week, South Alabama, well, Cajuns will be facing an undefeated South Alabama team in Mobile. So. Yeah, and this is one that uh, – South Alabama, we talked about Texas State being really improved. I think Kane Womack has got this South Alabama team pointing in the right direction. You get the win over Southern Miss in pretty dominant fashion, 31-7 to to start the season. Then you go to Bowling Green and That's... beat them by three. And then you've got Alcorn State that you know you should handle. But this is a South Alabama team that in years past, really and truly, when you saw a 14-7 lead at half, you're like, the old South Alabama team probably just rolled over, but then they hang 21 in the third quarter to go up. And so I think that's a really good sign for the South Alabama team to be able to bounce back the way they did because you haven't seen that from the Jags the last couple of years. So our final game, Colin, uh, I agree with you. I'm sorry. I agree with you on the South Alabama team. You'd have thought 14 to 7 they might have they might have folded or come out. They came out strong. This, I think, is a much improved South Alabama team. So I think the Cajuns are going to have their hands full next week, but we won't look forward ahead to next week until next Monday. So our final game. Oh my gosh. Talk about hard to watch, but I did. And I'm glad I did. I'll explain that <laughs> at the end. ULM versus Jackson state. Oh my goodness. Uh, four field goals for ULM. But did you <laughs> I know this was one of the later games and I'm sure you were on the flight coming home, but were you able to follow this one at all or see much there? Uh, did a little bit, went back and looked at the box score yesterday and I think their field goal kicker was four for six. And that was, uh, that was about all she wrote. Luckily the defense held up and held Jackson state and coach prime to just seven points, but it, uh, it wasn't necessarily pretty, but thankfully ULM gets the win for the first time in a while. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it, it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. The one thing I will say about the game and, uh, is that I'm glad I watched it because at the end of the game, uh, when Dion, I'm sorry, Coach Dion Sanders, primetime, went over to uh, Coach Bowden, and I forgot all about that uh, 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 primetime played for, for Bobby. So it was a very touching moment after the end of the game. And you could tell that was family right there. And that was probably the highlight of the night. And uh, somebody was kind of cutting onions there necessarily. I mean, it was, it was a very beautiful moment uh, and a very ugly football game. So um, last words on uh, last week. Yeah, I think the, Sunbelt overall has been relatively strong the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, you've gotten a couple of big wins over some CUSA teams, held strong with a couple of Power 5 teams, quote-unquote. But 
it uh it kind of keeps the mantra going that the Sun Belt continues to climb in the group of five rankings and being able to uh to show what Sun Belt football is all about. Good deal. You've been listening. We're talking with Craig Malasa and Colin Lacey. We're going to be right back after this quick break. If I can find the stop button. 